this is John Claude Jones. This is Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors. Yo, it's your boy Buddy Hughes. This is Jazz the Kid Chisholm. And you? Logged on to 10th Year Seniors. The 10th Year Seniors. 10th Year Seniors. You logged in with 10th Year Seniors. Yeah. Well, you know what? First of all, John, I'm not here to talk about the past. The 2020 NBA season is done. However, it ended is completely irrelevant. We're not here to talk about that. We are here to... I don't even know what you're talking about. Whatever. We are here to press forward and, you know, because a lot of people wanted to hear our takes on the finals, particularly my take, because I was talking a lot of big shit. I mean... Well deserved. But Giannis is good, though. I ain't gonna lie. We're but not here to because, talk about because, the past. No, no, no. We're not really talking about the past when we're going to be talking about Actually, a Yanis-like player for the you. future. Perfect segue. And that is why you get paid the big bucks. So, as I said, we are about to move forward. And as we look, as we're not looking back at 2021, we are going ahead to look forward to 2022, that NBA season, and the fact that 10YS and much of the Bahamian public is going to be picking up a new NBA team. We are going to have rooting interests and in, well, possibly a new team. He could go to one of these teams we already root for. You don't know. But we are here to talk Kai Jones. We are here to talk the NBA draft. We are here to talk about what has to be considered an unprecedented golden era in Bahamian basketball. Because right now, as we sit, as we record this, it's what, July 23rd? We're still uh, a little less than a week out of the draft. And we could possibly have not three. one. Not, Not two, two three. but three active NBA lottery picks, which is insane coming from this little country with the type of basketball feeder system we have. But it's crazy because I actually spoke to Buddy like maybe a month now before we went to the... Wow, you name dropped so quickly. Yeah, like before was, we went to El Salvador. Second sentence. Because he was asking me about what baseball players were signing because yeah. Buddy is all into Bahamian signing, Bahamian going big, right? And it was like, and I told him, I said, it's crazy the talent that we have coming out because think about it. We potentially have three lottery picks, if not three first round high picks. Yeah. I mean, you got the highest with Aiden. You got Buddy at six. So if Kai hits lottery or mid first round, these are big time picks. And Buddy's response is, yeah, boy, people hungry. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, that's that's literally what it is. And. While he was doing the media tour, talking about his Buddy Buckets Foundation and all the work that he's doing with that, he was name-dropping some of these uh, young Bahamian players coming up on the way, too. And he mentioned uh, on the Chris Haynes podcast, he was talking about Kai, and he was talking about Sammy and Franco and that generation coming up behind these guys. And it was one of the first times I heard him actually verbalize, we have such a great shot at this Olympic dream, but we have to capitalize on it now. And Kai is a big part of that because you could have Buddy, you could have Aiden, that's all well and good. But once you get this third guy, once you get the third guy, though, you have to consider this is a legit team that you're going to have. Yeah, because it's just the talent level. You really like, and for people who listened to our last podcast about us picking a team, we ain't got to go through social media no more. No, nah, <laughs> like, nah, nah. those day, these days are, are long gone where we have to ask, figure out and all that. But you literally have one of the best shooters in the world, top three. Yeah. Then you have Aiden, who is going to be a top five big man next year, where he could play inside out. And for FIBA, it's going to be, he's going to dominate. He's going to get like 50 rebounds a game. Like, I'm not even over-exaggerating. You maybe slightly. And then you no, just no. called him Will Chamberlain in 1940s. Yeah. Whatever. But if you really think about it, Kai at the power forward, Aiden at the center. There's no three de defensive three seconds in the key in FIBA. 
the type of length, Jay Billis would be so proud oh of our God. front line. Listen to me. Just talking about Jay Billis, he is going to lose his shit whenever Kai gets drafted because he is going to hit all the buzzwords and phrases. Tremendous upside potential. Length. What? Whatever else Jay Billis uses, uh, he's going to drop a Jeezy line at some point because that's his thing. But he is going to lose his mind with Kai Jones. And a part of, a part of the reason that he saw this, I guess, his stock skyrocket was because of those attributes that people love. But I, I just want to get back to the historical context of this because I think people really need to appreciate this. And I think to appreciate it, you have to know the story behind Kai Jones. This isn't somebody that was always a highly touted kid or you'd see him in all it well everybody in the basketball community knows the kids that are good from the time they're in junior high school and you see them come up well he's not one of those kids he's mm -hmm. a, he's a late bloomer that was basically not on the scene at all and here's where what i know of when i was introduced to kai pretty much mario boleg was just like when they were doing the u17 team because mario was the one who got him basketball out borders Mario saw something in him that no one else at the time saw it. And Mario was like, I got one. You could pick 11 players. Like, he was that high on him from the jump. Yeah. Like, like, I don't care what anyone says. To me, Mario was the one that actually saw something in him and saw that he had potential to go to the next level. All I knew, the, well, the way I was introduced to him is I know, you. well, you know Q, Quentin Demerit. Yeah. I, know, I know he trained with him a lot. And oh, yeah. I think if you have to credit somebody with laying that foundation down for what he is now, I think that's the guy you oh, yeah, kind of no. have to point to because I just remember watching his snaps and seeing him working out. And this at this point, he his skill set was bottom of the barrel. But you saw this tall, long, rangy kid, and you saw the potential was there. And from watching his workouts with Q, then I saw that's where the development started. Yeah. And it was history from there. And like I said, yeah, with Mario, Mario's the one who... Helped him get into the position, but Q did a lot of work to be able to yeah. get him to the level where, because Q never looked at him as a big. He never looked at him as, oh, you you tall, go stand in the paint and and call it a day. And that's my favorite part about his story because I I feel that the fact that he didn't get lumped into and no disrespect to Bahamian basketball coaches, right? But the fact that he didn't get lumped into being tall boy, because we all know what tall boy is, right? Tall boy is anyone in the Bahamas, you six two or above, they sending you down six in the two. post. That you, <laughs> he you, went to private school, that's five eleven. Is what I'm saying. So <laughs> you as tall boy, you don't get to develop those perimeter skills because that's for everybody between five eight to five ten. He never went through that. So he always developed those perimeter skills because he had people around him, like you were mentioning, like Q, who said, you are going to project this at the next level, so you need to be working on these wing skills right now. It doesn't matter what your height is at 12, 13, 14. You are projected to be a wing at that next level. Let's keep working on that. And that's why his game is so advanced on the perimeter right now. And the thing is, he really didn't play organized basketball. Like he, like no. He was just working out with Q. Like Literally, it was just workout workout warrior if you want to call it to transition into learning how to the game of basketball what helps is he has like an 8.0 gpa yeah it's so just, he's it's ridiculous he's, he's a really kid. really smart kid and he picked up he picks up things very quickly so you add his natural ability his raw ability with the intelligence he has yeah that just helped speed up the process for him i believe and then okay so for us i think the next milestone on this journey that we would 
that we would notice is when he was going to be a part of the junior national team. And I remember me and you rooting so hard for that just to see what he was going to do in the floor. Didn't materialize the way we were hoping for, but that was, I, I feel like that was the moment people started to recognize and they were like, this is going to be one of the ones. Well, here's the funny thing about it. I remember when Basketball Without Borders came and Kai was named the All-Star. Kai and Sammy were All-Stars. Was Dominic one? I don't know. A lot of people were like, why Kai an All-Star? Why? You know, but you could see it though. But yeah, you could see it. Like the people who know basketball could see it. And that's the difference. Like these people who came in the Basketball Without Borders, they ain't rookies. They ain't the regular fan. They're looking at, um, and Kai said it today in his Zoom meeting, um, there was a coach, I don't know the coach's name, or a scout that saw and told him, you have the highest upside of everyone in this camp. But, John, we were there watching that, and I'm not even saying We are unapologetic homers. Like, we don't care about it. We will always be rooting on the side of the Bayman athletes. But I'm not even saying this because it's him, but you saw the flashes of brilliance that were there. Like, you saw the moments of extreme athleticism with his body type that you weren't getting from anybody else. And what was he? He was, like, what, six foot, six, six foot? Somewhere in that range Yeah, he wasn't even... It was the following year he grew to six foot eight, six foot nine at yeah. the junior. Like he literally just shot right up, and that was before he was getting all the buzz in high school. Like that junior national team, God, he should have been on that junior. He national team. He really should have been on that team. He should have been on that team. I'm not gonna lie. All I remember from that trip is he's like, "Yo, I need pesos for for pizza because they didn't like the food there was garbage." Yeah. Like, it's something I won't forget, and I had to tell Kyle one day. I was like, "Bro, I ain't got no money because I gotta buy food myself because I can't be eating this crap too." I just remember messaging you like, "But why Kyle ain't playing?" And we, I mean, we won't get into the specifics behind it, but you know, that's neither here nor there. So he goes to OCP and plays alongside well, Nasir Little, who's in the NBA right now, playing mm-hmm. along. Immediately goes to the states, plays alongside that talent. But you, you knew that. Once he got there, and like you mentioned, the growth spurt continued because at yep. this point, I think he gets up to about six nine, maybe pushing six ten. Yeah, right, six ten. And so, while it was good that he was still developing those perimeter skills, you knew he had to get stronger. You knew he had to develop some form of a front court IQ that he is going to need for the next level because you got to blend both of those things at this point. But the crazy thing is, even at Orlando Christian, the coaches never re- like. I don't understand what it's been. But coaches haven't taken him like seriously. It seems like because he was he was playing spot minutes at um Orlando Christian, mm-hmm. and then Brewster comes, and all of a sudden this it's is just thing. like oh my god, Brewster's coming after this kid. What's going on? Blah, blah. So he goes to Brewster, and I mean he blew, they had a platoon lineup, so they pretty much just yeah, sub yeah. in sub well, out. He won a national prep championship with them. Brewster's a goddamn basketball yeah, factory. Exactly. So when you go there, you understand what the deal is. Exactly. So it was like. His his coaches at OCP didn't see it. Um, from what I heard, they were like, oh, no, come back here and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like it's too late now. Like other people are, are yeah. interested in Yeah, in you're, not, you're not saying no to and Yeah. <laughs> That's just It's like you're not playing him any minutes. Like everyone was looking at Nassar, like, like, oh, he's the hot shot. He's this, he's that. Rivals this. But AAU basketball is what took Kai to that next level of people seeing what he can do. And then there w- Yes, and then so you go from OCP, you go to Brewster. He did so. He did so much on the AAU circuit. Then there was that showcase tournament in Italy when he came on. He was uh, on Fran for Schiller's radar, and once he started noticing him, then well, Fran, that's when he said he's a two and done. Yeah, and then once once they heard that, 
it just took wind and everyone was like, all right, two years and he's going to the NBA. But what's interesting about what you said about, uh, you know, him not getting the heavy minutes in the rotation, but there's always an next program just to see it, right? That's kind of been the theme of his entire basketball journey to this point, because you could say that about what happened at OCP. You could say that about what happened at Brewster. You could definitely say that about what happened at Texas. Oh yeah, definitely. Right now, that's one of the questions that people had. Well, bef- before the draft process, the biggest question people had was this guy wasn't an everyday starter at Texas. Why should he be Why a wasn't he one of and our franchise? I'll never forget, you know, usually when you're a four-star recruit, you get heavy minutes. Like heavy minutes. It ain't even it, it, it ain't even a question about it. But I remember I saw Kai's dad of Texas. This is before pandemic. And I was like, oh, get me some video of Kai. And I'm looking at the box score. And they're playing like a division 17 school. And I'm like, hold on a second. Why isn't Kai in this game? And his dad was just as shocked as me. And then that's when we started the boy Shaka like man boy. I mean, I didn't I didn't get it. I I understand. Look, at that point, Shaka Smart was coaching for his job. Mm-hmm. He was coaching for his job. So I think he was caught somewhere in between trying to appease the new recruits because that's what you have to do if you're going to target four or five star players but you also have to show some sort of loyalty to the people that have been a part of the program and he was showing hella loyalty to jericho sims like no disrespect to jericho sims but bruh i mean he could jump high though he could jump high so can kai Mm -hmm. yeah no but it's it's not just that it's not the jericho sims thing so after the the who they had was it someone there before too that was a big man anyways who cares um, so it was Jericho Sims, but then the following year, second year, it was Greg Brown. It was the Greg Brown show. And I understand Greg Brown. He was what a five star yeah, top he, five. He recruit. was supposed to be your one and done. Yeah, guy. he was supposed to be one and done. And he's getting the minutes. And that's how recruiting goes. Like coaches are gonna tell you what they want to tell you when they get you, and then after the fact, they're gonna be like, Oh, well, you gotta follow the process. It, it, it reminded me of the Buddy Heald and Gentry thing in New Orleans. Yeah. Oh, he's a rookie, he has to take his licks, he has to do this, he has to do that. See, that being said, you understand that kind of thing if you go to Kentucky the year when Cal had the platoon system when, yeah. we, when we were going for the 40-win team. Like, you understand if you're playing behind Carl Towns. Or, like, Devin Booker If you're playing behind six first-round picks. Devin Booker understood I'm playing behind the Harrison Twins. I get it. This is a bit different in Texas is all I'm saying. And then the thing about it is the spot moments that Kai got on the floor, he was playing fantastic. There's a reason he was... His efficiency was the yeah. Big Twelve. His efficiency was off the charts. It's like I feel like he was put in positions at Texas to be like, let's get him his two fouls quick and take him put to the bench. Like that was that was the game plan because the second he got two fouls, it's like there's nothing you can do. We got to put you on the bench. But the thing about it is like knowing the way the game is now. What they were banking on is what shocker is though. <laughs> the thing that they the thing they were banking on is this is and you know what that's bullshit because they bank on this kid's loyalty right because yeah. you know how quickly the game moves if you are not allowing me to fulfill my potential right away I gotta get the hell up out of here because I have a limited time to show what my earning potential is but, but the thing is like it's more they damaged. were lucky he yeah. stayed that it's, sophomore year yeah it's more damage to Kai because. People already labeled him. People are trying to see something now. If you're holding them back, what good is that? And at the end of the season, they started playing him. They started winning. They started producing better numbers. Like, look at the um the NCAA game. Kai goes and blocks the hell out that kid, right? Yeah. And then who was the, what was the 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 weak side box out or whatever? Nothing happened. It was just like, what do you want him to do? Everything? Yes. 
yes is the answer to that question. But so Texas, I want to get into this recent history Texas has of these bigs that have gotten drafted, whether they've panned out in the NBA or not. The jury's still out on a lot. So take it back to LaMarcus Aldridge. Take it back to Miles Turner and recently Mo Bamba, Jackson Hayes. People see Kai Jones as the next one in this line of these rangy Texas big men with length. But I want to get into how is he different from them? Because the number one thing that jumps out to me, a lot of those guys are similarly styled players. I think Kai is different in the fact that, well, number one, his three-point shot showed tremendous improvement in his sophomore season. He was taking it with confidence, and he was making it at a high clip. I think his motor is different than theirs. You see, I feel he is, and it's a good thing, a combination of, like, uh, LaMarcus... Because Lamarcus was offensively inclined to be able to make shots, but guy doesn't have a back to the basket. But he doesn't have a back to the basket. But he has a a, a jump shot, and it will develop and it will get better. Yeah, like you, you got to think about it. In college, you had to go to school. Here, he had to shoot basketballs all day. Yeah, but he he, he likes school. But yeah, he likes school. But now he, he likes school. He can like basketball plenty too. Yeah, Once that contract comes in, he can he can like that. He got to like basketball but so much. The thing is, is like in five years, Kai has just improved that much. Now what is it going to be when he's doing this 24-7? And that's the thing. Like, the entire process, all of this is is hope trafficking. All of this is you draft, drafting and projecting potential. And to me, that's why, well, when we get to this next point, this is why I don't see why people are kind of confused by this. But the fact that he wasn't an everyday starter in Texas and you wonder why is this guy being considered this high? And then you see him getting the invite to the ESPN green room. Well, all of this is based off potential mm-hmm. from Cade Cunningham to whoever gets picked 60th. It's all based off potential. So you're not necessarily drafting off what they did. You're using that as your reference point. That's your resume, but that's not what you expect them to do, what you expect them to be. You're projecting much more than that. And you got to remember he's 20. Yeah. Like, So, literally, his first four-year contract, his rookie contract, he's going to be 24. That's when the team, like the Jalen Browns, and because Buddy was 20, what, 26, 27, 28, or whatever. Some people think he's 30. Yeah, no, he's not. I've seen official documents. He's the right age. Um, But the thing is, it's like, Buddy was old when he got into the league. Aiden is young. Aiden is going to sign a Supermax whenever that comes up. Yeah. Pretty much... They're going to take this first four years and try to develop it into what Giannis is. If that's the best case scenario. Yeah. And listen, don't please do not get caught up on the fact that this man was not an, an everyday starter and didn't put up incredible numbers because you had someone like Marvin Williams got taken second overall in the 2004 draft. It was second overall coming off the bench as a six man for North Carolina. Like, it's not unprecedented. These kind of things happen. Yeah. And basketball to me is, it's hit or miss a lot of times. Right. And I know a lot of people, especially here are like, Oh, he's going to be a star. He's going to be this. He's going to be yeah, that. Yeah, That's what they think. Every baby yeah. player. Is and so and like, what yeah. I want to say is Kai is going to be in the NBA for a long time. And I think sit f- even more so, and this is going to sound strange to say, but even more so than Buddy's situation and Aiton's situation I think fit matters for Kai more mm-hmm. than it did for them too. Like Aiton was going to be who he is, no matter yeah, no matter what he team went. he went, no matter where he but went, he is going to shoot be. the ball, no matter where it is. I think situation matters a lot for Kai. Yeah, because he's going to need an up tempo team. He's going to need a team that is known to develop players 
to the maximum potential. And he's going to need stability because the, the one thing that you hate is when a young player gets drafted to a team and it's not a very good team and there's no stability in the front office and you get coaching changes every year. And that is a difficult situation to develop under. Like yeah. We've seen it with certain franchises. We see it happen all the time. And then guys just get lost by the wayside. So I think for him, fit matters just because his game has so much development still to do. And then my, I mean, my biggest thing about that is you mentioned Giannis earlier. I think Giannis just got Kai moved up a lot of people's draft boards. Oh yeah. But the thing is like, I know we had a podcast earlier this year and we were like, Giannis ain't that guy. Guess what? Giannis showed he is that guy. Giannis been no, that guy. no, 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 no. What he did in the finals, Giannis been that guy. Was was different level. Like it that, was. That yeah. was. I, it, it was the perfect matchup for him. Yeah. Though. If you would have told me Giannis was going to average thirty four, fifteen, and what I would have been like, maybe a twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that, that, yeah but yeah. he took it to the next level, and that's what superstars do. If Kai could get, but if Kai could get to sixty percent of what Giannis is. He's going to be an all-star. He's going to be on the defensive um, all-NBA teams. What they're going to look at, and the reason why I said Giannis just get paid, I mean, just got Kai moved up draft boards. Look, and I'm going to say this right now. I'm not saying that Kai Jones is Giannis. I'm not saying that he's going to be as good as Giannis. What I'm saying is when you look at the games, when you look at the body type at that age, that is where the comparisons are because – we talked about the other Texas bigs. He he doesn't have the back-to-the-basket game of Marcus Aldridge. He I don't even know what kind of game Mo Bamba has. But Kai is somebody... Is that a song, though? That was a good song, though. That song, <laughs> that song had a good run. What the hell happened to Shaq West? No, anyway, no. that song had a good run. There was so many instances, and you, you heard commentators say it during games last year where Kai would just get a rebound and he goes coast to coast. Mm -hmm. Or he'd hit the outlet and somehow he beats everybody up the floor. Well, these are the kind of things that you saw Giannis do. And these are the kind of things that early in his career when Giannis was a guy that was averaging like six, seven, eight points as a rookie and then the next year bumping that up to 12. That's the kind of thing that you expect from Kai at this point. But that's why I say the situation's going to matter. So Giannis was... 200 pounds when he went into the league, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, somewhere around. And now that. he's 242. He's a two pick. 242. I mean, that's a signing. Yeah. That's so, anyways, Kai is well, right wait, now. He had like a Ka 50 piece from Chick fil A, Chick -fil -A, -A. the other day. So, so 243. Yeah, maybe. So, anyways, Kai today in the Zoom call was like, he's 225 now. So, he went from 218 to 225. So, he, he's able to put the weight on. Yeah. I, yeah. That, that part's going to be easy. Yeah. Like, to me, that's the Like, he gets part. to eat anything he wants. That's what he's saying. Like, I can do whatever I want. They want me to put the weight on. All whatever. of it. That part is just if you want to do it. Yeah. So, he's already coming in 25 pounds heavier than Yanis. And he's fit. Like, he's literally, like, what, 4% body fat? Like, that's, yeah. that's what his combine was. He might be 5% now because he gained a couple, couple pounds. But that's after the party. He, yeah. He's already has an advantage over Giannis when it comes to weight. Because that's one of the biggest issues of, of players going to the league. Their body's going to take a beating and they're not going to get you. They have to get used to it. It's why the Dolphins didn't get Devonta Smith. Mm. Yeah. What a sick. Look how we bring it back. <laughs> bring it back to my But yeah, I, I just feel that Kai's first year, if he could average eight points, eight rebounds, a block shot, that's going to show the promise because, like everyone says, most intriguing prospect. It might take time, but who knows? He might come in here and just 
And the, the just get it. The reason he's so intriguing is the same reason that that Giannis was because we didn't know what to do with him, <laughs> and we don't really know. You don't really know what to do with Kai. That's why I say fit matters. Mm-hmm. Because is he going to go to a team that's going to give him responsibility or the 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 freedom to be able to make a play on the perimeter? Or is he going to go to a team where they're going to say no for spacing? We need our four to maybe be in the corner. Is he going to go to a team that that says, we see you as something different. We need you to learn more and you're back to the basket game. All of these things matter. That's why fit is going to be so important for him because he he is literally seen as this, like, like this unformed mold of clay that you just get yeah. to do whatever you want to do with it. He's not coming in as a finished product. Because, yeah, people right now literally do not know where he's going to play. And like that, that, That's bad and that's great. Yeah, because people are like, He's a five, but he could play the four. Yeah. But he could slide down to the three if you have to. And so that that's he could defend all those positions anyways. From one to five. Yeah. So all of a sudden now, it's gonna take the tweaking and the, the uh franchise to figure out where is Ka- what is he gonna play? But the way the modern NBA is, he can play per- everything. That's perfect though. That's perfect. Except you get a you get a big that could switch on anything. You get a big that can step out and hit a three, someone that rebounds, someone that protects the rim. And that's the thing. Perfect. I think people are going to realize, like, God, uh, I, like I said, I hope people just because of, I know Bahamians, they expect him to be an all-star yeah. his first year. They dumb, <laughs> like they dumb, but like look at look at the comments that people yeah. made under it, the post with Aiden. Well, you did, It's just like, boy, shut up, boy. You realize he's playing the best player right now in the world. And he's also a third-year center that averaged a double-double in his first playoffs. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm just interested to see what franchise, like, from my understanding, the workouts have been um, Oklahoma. Let's get the workout, bud. San Antonio, Indiana, Charlotte Warriors, Kings. That's what I know. I saw something on Instagram a while ago with the magic. So I don't know if it was like an official workout or him just using the facility. All right, let's go. Let's go through all of these. Um, I want to start with Oklahoma. Oklahoma has Oklahoma. They have building blocks to be around for a while. I feel like one, a couple of years from now, we're going to look up and be like, how the hell did all of these players get on Oklahoma's team? Because they got 7,000 draft picks. So many draft picks. Here's the thing about that though. I don't like it. Don't be like the Celtics. No. Do not hoard these picks and you think, you're gonna, them to, and think and you're going to cash in. From because the Celtics never did it. They hit on two. They hit on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, but they never cashed in the way they were supposed to. No, because the, the problem with having so much draft picks is eventually they all, if the players are good enough, are going to want max deals and you can't pay them all. They're already going to run into that with SGA. Yeah. So, I mean, just... Get some assets. Like, that's the point of draft picks. The point of draft picks is to be able to pull in the, uh, uh, the talent you need. Like, Buddy said it the best when he was in Sacramento. Ain't no one trying to sign in Sacramento. Ain't no one trying to sign in Oklahoma either. No. So, maybe, maybe Paul George. Yeah, right, yeah. You have to bring those players in. Via oh, they trade. definitely have to. And that's the thing about the bunch of draft picks that they have, too. They've got a hit on them. And not just one or two. They've got a hit on three or four of them. They... They did before. They got to do the same name. Yeah. The same way they hit on Westbrook, KD, Harden, uh, Harden and Ibaka. Yeah. Even Jeff Green, you can argue that they hit on that. That's five of them. They got to do that again. Yep. But they got so much picks. Like, I don't like that. That's a lot of them. That's, that's instability them. to a franchise. That's that's another thing. I 
I don't know if I want him to go into a situation like that. Who else is on the list? Charlotte? I ain't out of Charlotte. I, I mean, I ain't out of Charlotte. Melo Alleyoop. Here's the thing. Miles you, Bridges. You step into a situation where, at best, you're looking at being the fourth, fifth option, mm-hmm. maybe? Like, you get to play with somebody that has incredible court vision. Somebody mm-hmm. that's already a bona fide superstar. Mm-hmm. So, there is... You just have to come in and play a role, basically, with, with the Hornets. Yeah. The pressure's going to be a lot less on the Hornets than Miles, I think any other team. It's either Miles Bridges or P.J. Washington is not going to be there. You're probably going to be getting their, their minutes, or you're going to be playing alongside them. Because they still have Bismarck Biombo, don't they? At some mm-hmm. point, he's getting the hell out of there. Yeah. Him or Zeller. One of them is getting the hell out of there. I don't care. They both can go. Kai can go right there. And then you he can be your next guy, because he's definitely an... Uh, 2021 NBA 5. Like, he can play that. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, even if he comes in the second lineup or... or That'll just be for now. I think eventually yeah. he'll no, no, be No, no, but I'm thinking now, not not really the future because, though, I mean, yes, you got to think the future, but yeah. I'm thinking now of just with LaMelo, um, Graham. Yeah. This first year, he'd be playing with the, the second year. Yeah, the pressure isn't... Even if he comes in for spot minutes with the first unit, mm-hmm. the pressure is completely off him. Yeah. So he's literally running up and down the court, blocking shots, playing defense. They're not going to ask him for anything offensively, just what he does. No. Get these rebounds and put the shots in. He's not going to have to do more than Miles Bridges does right now. Yeah. And I like that situation for him because I think his skill set has much more room for growth. I think he'll play better on the East Coast than the West. We're going to get to that, too. I'm just saying. And he would be, if he goes to Charlotte... Greatest NBA announcing team in the league. Yeah. I just want to hear them call some of his dunks. Oh, my God. They're the greatest. They're the greatest. It'll, yeah, it'll be, it'll right. be crazy. Who else we had on there? Spurs? Indiana. Oh, in the Indiana. I'm really a big fan of them. I'm not crazy about it. I, I, here's the thing. This is completely irrational, but I ain't care. I never forgive them for what happened with Magnum. Yeah, and also I ain't going to forgive them for giving Willis and, and Kent want to work out when they took them when they shouldn't have taken them. Fucking paces. Wait. So the paces. Solomon Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Solomon Jones. Like, Magnum would have been in the league for years. Magnum was actually the perfect big for this era yep. NBA. And they decided to go with Solomon Jones. Uh-huh. The hell? What a time. Plus, they still got to figure out what they're doing with Sabonis and Miles Turner. And I don't need, um, yeah. I don't need Kai walking into that situation. No, you need I to go there. I don't like that one. Who else we had? It was San Antonio. San Antonio. I'm out of that. I'm not mad at it either, but... Charlotte, a lot better. It is, it is. That's fine, but like, we, just, we just we just talk. About we, what we I know, at. but we, I'm out of that. Like Greg Popovich, um, he, he trust me, international players go there and become stars. That's what I'm saying. So all of a sudden, it's just like he, he might be a part of the process of becoming a star hey. in in San Antonio because they know how to develop players. I trust Pop to rebuild this. Oh yeah, I I'll trust, especially with the development of his game. Pop isn't the type of player, uh, player coach. To give up on a player no. like that. Like, the development would be great. Um, the Kings. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right, we got to take a couple deep breaths for this, right? <sighs> okay, so the obvious pro, the obvious plus, is that you get him and Buddy on the same team. That's the obvious plus. That's about it. I don't like the structure of... I don't like anything about the Kings front office. I'll be completely honest. I don't like anything about it. I understand well, I mean, it's a new bring- front office. Yeah, I understand them bringing in uh, Monty McNair last season and them trying to right the ship. I feel like there's been a lot of that trying to right the ship. Um, if he comes in 
Marvin Bagley's gone. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it has to be. You give up on that Bagley pick that you made at number two in the Luka draft, in the Trey Young draft. I don't know if that's something you recover from unless Kai Jones is a superstar and a superstar quickly. But then, I mean, yeah. Sacramento has had superstars. Let's, I, DeMarcus Cousins was a bona fide superstar for this team. Like, you can't forget that. When, at what point is Sacramento going to stop being Sacramento? Like, we were on this podcast saying how much we wanted Buddy out of this situation. There's yeah. a chance Buddy, Buddy still, still might get out of the situation. Might get out of this situation. And that's the reason why I don't want Kai to go there. It would be great if Buddy was at a different place in his career and this franchise was at a different place where we could trust it. But I just don't trust it enough. I don't trust them with developing young talent. I don't trust them with patience. Is a... As sympathetic as I am toward this Marvin Bagley situation, dog going through hell with this fan base. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, I really think Buddy is going to be traded. Yeah, so if that's going to happen and that's the way we both feel, that's, I'll yeah. say it up front, that's what I want. I don't want Kai going there. Yeah, like, and literally that's his entire four years, so you have to hope he gets developed properly. Jesus like, Christ. they're at the bottom of the list just based on, like, Sacramento's cool, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, I wouldn't wait it far still. Okay, let's but it's far, but can we just talk about Golden right. State? Oh, yes. That's another one. <laughs> that's, Gold, I mean that's far too. Golden State at 14. There's a lot of a, a lot of connections. Going, there. I, I'm out of that. No. I'm out of that. I actually love that. Like here's what I was thinking. Best case scenario. Yeah. Warriors draft Kai Jones. Mm-hmm. Clay gets him an anti sponsorship. Mm. Yeah, best case scenario, and he's gonna play because Demarco is gonna—he's the national team head coach for the Bombers. All listen, all the connections are there. Like it just sounds good. You got the Thompson family connection. Yep. You didn't you see got, you didn't you, see um Clay's Instagram live when he was on the boat. Of course I did. You got the national the Bahamian national team head coach working on the Warriors staff. Mm-hmm. You have probably the most minimal responsibility because you playing with Steph and Clay. Mm-hmm. And Wiggins is going to just run around and be able to hide in the shadows. You got James Wiseman come there, came there the year before, taking the bulk of the load defensively, by the way, because James Wiseman proje- projects to be a great defensive center in this league. Imagine having him and Kai in the front court. Yeah, but from my understanding, if they keep. Wiseman, because there's been rumors of yeah, yeah Wiseman yeah, have been. Pascal Siakam's been yeah. rumored in a lot they of that too. Gonna, they wouldn't draft Kai because they literally think he's the same player. Um, but I would hope that they do it because that. Be but here's cool. the thing, though, that could be a reason to draft Kai if you know you're dealing Wiseman. Let's hypothetically speaking, let's say Wiseman goes and the deal to bring Siakam there. Mm-hmm. Draymond is playing his way towards the end. Of his oh contract, no! If, right? if Wiseman is gone, then the you need to pick Kai. You have to. This is what I'm saying. If Wiseman is there, then all of a sudden it's just like, maybe a team trades up to 14 for it. This is what I'm saying. And I think he's the perfect kind of big for that situation. I think he's the perfect big for that team. I'm out of that. <laughs> My favorite thing in, in the Zoom call today is someone asked if he worked out for the Knicks or the Nets. Why would he, why would he, why would he do that? <laughs> I wanted to laugh so hard. I was just like, why would he do you do that? realize those are two playoff teams. Why would he? I don't, I don't understand. Okay. Why would, he, <laughs> like, why would they invite he, him to the game? He goes, Kai's like, uh, no. Yeah. I, okay. All right. Sure. Okay. We talked about the ones that we aim at, right? I want to get personal. 
because if you you listen to 10YS, you follow our work, you know what we about. Like we are going to be hitting the road a lot covering these players. We vaccinated fully. <laughs> <laughs> AstraZeneca in the building. Dog, we tired going to the West Coast. Let's just Man. I just I just want to put it out there. I understand this is these people's lives. This is their livelihood. This is what they're. You know how so far the West Coast for. is from here. We so tired going to the West Coast. And we tired going to Phoenix. We tired going to Sacramento. We John even went to Oakland. Listen, we tired. It's just like, I people just gotta realize how difficult it is sometimes and expensive. I mean, I wouldn't go with the expensive, but it's just dif- I would. It's just difficult because. At least if we were located in Miami, it's one flight to most of these cities, right? But no, we got to catch the 6 a.m. flight. So that right. means people got to drop us to the airport at 4 in the morning. Dog. And the airport, you don't even open till 5.30. I die going to the West Coast. <laughs> it's like, and them flights long. Somebody please come to the East Coast. Can they, we have one Bahamian player come to the East? Listen, the, if Kai don't go to the East, I'm talking to you, Frederick King, at NBA Academy. Boy, you next. I mean, it would just be great to... You know why it would be great to have an East Coast player? Because all those cities in the Northeast are so bunched up. You could hit up like seven games in 10 days because it's just like, oh, I could catch a bus there for $15. Or I could go on the train. So what you're telling me is we need Charlotte. No, we need it because we have direct flights from here to Charlotte. Right. It's almost like going to Miami. It's like when Buddy them go to Miami, it's like, yes, finally. You talked me into it. All right. Uh, if you were a betting man, and you will be soon... Where do you bet Kai goes on draft night? Do I want a specific team or number? I yeah, think he, no, it doesn't have to be a specific number. Just a spot where you'd like to I, see him. Go. I think he is right now between pick nine and fourteen. But then, here's my fear: if he doesn't get picked in those picks, which I doubt, I think he will be picked in those picks. He might drop into the the twenties because it's, then it's all about fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Aaron Rodgers situation. Exactly. He's look at Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It's a good, <laughs> it's a good situation. You want to you want to mess with Kai Psyche? No, he's a smart man. He could dunk on all y'all. Yeah. But no, I think it'll be personally, I think he won't get past San Antonio. Okay. San Antonio. Like I, I said. say past San Antonio. I know, I know. But I mean, but is that is that that is that your pick? Is that your final answer? That's no, I'm just saying he's, he's not. Well, I want to know where you I think wanna, he's going to end. I want to think. I want to go Charlotte. Yeah, I want to go Charlotte. Yeah, I want to go Charlotte too. Because no, I, actually, the Warriors is number one on my list. Mm. I want him. I oh, want him to go to the Warriors. I don't want to go West Coast. And I know. The Warriors I know. But, number I know one. but the Warriors sound so good. I don't want to go to the West Coast. I'm torn. I want Charlotte because I want direct flights. Selfishly for 10YS and also because playing with LaMelo Ball, I think, is going to be incredible. But how incredible would it be to play with Steph and Clay? No, it would be great. That's all I'm saying. Like, and then the thing is, you feel like Clay, so tired Clay, Clay would take him under his wing. And then, you know, it would be great. Don't get me wrong. But, but, East Coast. We want to go East Coast. All right, wherever uh, wherever Kai goes, just know that we will have two new draft hats to add to the collection. That is going to be uh, that's going to be my team. I have a steady rotation of five teams. That's what do you mean two new draft hats? It's just one. You're gonna have one, and I'm gonna have one. Oh, yeah, I gotta see if Kai can give me some for free though. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, all right, we'll be out. You'll hear from us after the draft when Kai Jones is the latest behemoth in the NBA. Go Hornets, maybe? Go Buzz City. Buzz City. <laughs> <laughs>